Welcome to the Afterwatch with Lavar and Phil. Welcome to the Afterwatch, the podcast where we talk about movies and TV shows. That full spoiler conversation you have after you watch something you love or hate. I'm Lavar. I'm Phil, and this is our fiftieth anniversary. Woo! We made it. <laughs> so this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different, um, but also kind of the same. We have Phil and I were going to look at some uh, very memorable, very influential movies and TV series that have impacted us, shaped us, or you know, has been stuck in our heads um, for the last few decades of our lives. And we're going to just discuss them, look at them, possibly recommend them if they're recommendable. Yeah, hopefully it should be recommendable. Yeah, because yeah, if they stick in your mind, hopefully they're good. Yeah, hopefully. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, like even just thinking about our 50th episode, you know, we want to, you know, talk with you about stuff that we like as, as well, too. Why do we like talking about movies? Why do we, you know... um we watch the things that we watch. I think a lot of times. Or even read. Or even read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? So um, just even our own conversation with you, our, our listeners and stuff like that, it comes from a place of where we have loved media, whatever we've seen, movies, TV shows, books, and stuff like that, that uh, this discussion comes from the stuff that influences us most or the things that we, we loved to watch and stuff like that. So that's probably why we want to have... Uh, or this is most likely the reason why we want to have this discussion today in our 50th episode. Give you a little peek behind the curtain. Word up. <laughs> Did you want to go first? We're talking about movies first. Yeah. Um, so I think today we're going to try to talk about two movies. Yep. One from LeVar, one from myself, and two TV shows um, from each one of us that have influenced us in general. Because I know for myself, I have like my top three movies that, and I'm going to choose one of those to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I have a couple of series that, that have influenced me as well, too. Do, can you name some off the top of your head that have influenced you? We'll just name a couple, I guess. Um, and, and, and not to nitpick in terms of, you know, word usage here, I, I, I think of these movies are memorable to me more than. Cause when I think of influence, I think of things that sculpted me and made me who I am. Right. Some of them have. Right, and some of this memorable because of the time and place of and I'll get into that more further, uh, further later on. But off the top of my head, you have your usual suspects: Transformers, Thundercats, Judge Joe. Right. Um, but also Batman. Uh, the the animated series. No, the nineteen sixty six live action okay. series with um, Burt Ward and Adam West. Right. Um, you have uh Charlie Brown cartoons. You've got Robotech. Um, live action TV series as well. Anything from. Guiding Light, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, to uh, the Cosby Show, Family Ties, Roseanne, all right, right, know, right. There's all the Family Matters, right. So there's a wide range of st- Falcon Crest. There's a wide range of things that I grew up watching. I realized talking to a coworker today that I watched a lot of television as a oh, kid. Yes, I think very much so. I'm a, I'm a total TV kid. Yeah. So yeah. there's like stuff I've watched that. I probably wouldn't watch if there was anything else to do. Right. But I end up watching like random shows during the summertime at uh, 12 o'clock. There's like this so show about these kids on the beach. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Their life or whatever. Like, random stuff. And then, of course, uh, in Canada, back when we were younger, we had late great movies on city TV. Yeah. And up late watching, I don't know how many different war movies from Hamburger Hill to 
um, uh, Apocalypse Now to whatever else that popped on television. So, yeah, TV, movies, TV, television shows, all of the plays, a wide range of things. Yeah. Half of which I don't remember anymore. Yeah, um, well, like, I'm, I'm pretty succinct because, you know, me working in the animation industry and stuff like that, we talk about movies and TV shows all the time. So I'm pretty clear on what, like, inf- influenced me a lot because I can make, like, a little bit of a longer list, but... I think kind of my top three movies for me, like that have that are my favorite and are influential to me that I I love, um, are Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, um, Singing in the Rain, and it's this is one of these is not going to seem like the other. It's going to be Spider Man Two, uh, the Raimi version. Um, th- those were movies that influenced me a lot. If I think about movies that have influenced me even when I was a kid, I'd have to say like Lean on Me, Jurassic Park. Those two were like the big movies for me that I watched kind of like on repeat as as a kid. But in terms of movies that I always come back to, always enjoy, always um, find great joy just even experiencing over and over again, it'd have to be Rear Window, Singing in the Rain, and and Spider-Man 2 TV series. For myself, um, for me, a a big influential series for me is Cowboy Bebop, which I think is... Uh, which is anime, which I think a lot of uh, people have been influenced by as well, too, if you're an anime head. And um, for me, actually, one of the show, like the first shows that I kind of really watched a lot as a kid that I'd get up five o'clock in the morning, sneak downstairs to watch before I went to church and stuff like that was actually Astro Boy. That was uh, one of uh, the first series I used to watch a lot as a kid. And another series was... Um, this is kind of a deep cut. So if you have heard of this TV show and you think this is a great TV show, please message us on Twitter at at after underscore watch on Twitter. Or you could write us at uh, the email theafterwatch at pm.me. The show was called Techaman Blade or the American version was Technoman. And usually Astro Boy would come on and then Technoman would come on afterward. It's about, you know, giant robot fights and stuff like that and that really influenced me especially around the time transformers was out as well too so it's funny even thinking about what i like now um american american tv shows in the 80s that influenced me a lot but i was exposed very early to to anime and stuff like that japanese anime and stuff and and that love of that genre or medium has stuck with me you know all through even my my adult life now so so kind of focus our discussion um so we're going to talk about two movies and two tv shows right so um i guess uh yeah we'll start with the movies first Mm -hmm. and um i'm going to talk about one movie my movie pick about what has been influential to me or memorable to myself is uh the alfred hitchcock movie uh rear window um so yeah, so that's that's my movie, uh, my first one. If I'm gonna ask myself the question, why is it uh, memorable for myself? Is um, really for myself. I, it just when I was in like in animation school, I just watched a lot of different genres of films. So I'd watch westerns, and I'd just watch a whole slew of westerns, you know. And then I'd watch a whole slew of film noir movies. Then I'd watch a whole slew of Alfred Hitchcock movies. And uh, Rear Windows has always stuck out to me as my favorite one. So, um, yeah, um, have you seen it, Lavar? I have. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I have seen it. I've saw the remake with uh, Sheila Buff as well. Uh, you mean uh, what's it called? Disturbia. That's what it's called, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Disturbia. Yeah. yeah. It was actually that was actually a pretty good remake yeah. because they they strayed away from the original material and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? So and and made it the kind of their own film. Yeah. So that's what actually I really liked about that movie a lot um, as a remake. But Rear Window, Alfred Hitchcock, I it's a great movie. I watch that movie frequently. I actually was watching it this week and I was just just kind of bowled over by like how much I liked that movie cuz really like the story behind it it's um is it's a very self-contained movie it's about yes. uh Jimmy Stewart's character um who is uh he breaks his leg and he's basically homebound and he's stuck in his house and all he has to do is basically observe his neighbors in apartments surrounding his building and uh basically the plot is is that he actually um he he's suspicious of one of his neighbors um that they commit a murder and he kind of goes about with the help of uh his uh girlfriend serious girlfriend uh who uh who's played by uh, grace kelly um to kind of figure out what happens um to um the neighbor to the neighbor, to basically, wife. to the neighbor's wife, who who he believes gets uh, murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, like what I really liked about this film is is Jimmy Stewart is great in it, and I like old movies in general. And I think like the epitome of watching older movies for me is watching Rear Window. And the thing is with Alfred Hitchcock is that there's a bit of there's a sophistication to um, to his storytelling just in general and just. Just even the film work in general, like every watching an Alfred Hitchcock film is is really an exercise in just understanding about visual storytelling. Mm. You know, everything kind of feeds into the general theme. You know that he wants to talk about. You know, and um, even for myself, it um, I wouldn't say that I want to make an Alfred Hitchcock movie, but in terms of even my own storytelling within animation or what I consider good storytelling, I, I would always, visual storytelling, I would say always watch an Alfred Hitchcock movie because even though it was made at a time where there's a lot more censures, you know, um, you couldn't show nudity, you couldn't be cussing or anything like that, he is always sort of pushing the envelope to try to get across a very deep story that he's making for himself. Because usually he'd make movies for himself and movies for Hollywood. And then some of the movies for Hollywood wouldn't be that great. One of them is Marnie with uh, Sean Connery. That's a terrible, terrible movie. But um, the movies that he's made for himself, kind of like Psycho and, and stuff like that, and and uh, Vertigo and um, The Birds, which is another classic, yeah. and uh, Rear Window, um, I think, for me, is one of my favorites. Um it just does such an effective job of telling a story of connection between people and how we connect with people, but also just staging it in one location and one set. Because even like the movie Rear Window, um, it was actually, um, the setting is that it's his apartment and then the street outside and the other apartments that he can see, that was all built in one soundstage. Oh, so okay. it wasn't actually so they actually had to like extend like one of these really large sound stages and yeah. kind of build like a street and another apartment complex within one sound stage and stuff like that. So you're always kind of seeing it from um, Jimmy Stewart's uh, vantage point, yes. you know, throughout the whole film. And, and it's just just really smart filmmaking just in general, like it's tackling the theme of kind of voyeurism and stuff like that and in terms of um um, how much we kind of like observe, you know, other people and how 
um, like uh, the the whole idea of privacy, you know, and um, and 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 us as people, you know, um, like um, what's say? What would I say? Um, in terms of the theme, yeah, t- in terms of the the theme, um. Well, it just tackles a theme of, of voyeurism and stuff like that and, and, and people's privacy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the one even when I was watching it recently, it has it does a really good job of it's like something I talk about storytelling all the time. It has like a one central kind of question and then it shows how different people answer the question. Mm-hmm. Right. So the whole thing, even with Jimmy Stewart, he's kind of transgressing this guy's privacy. Right, and the the person who's the murderer, his privacy in terms of him murdering his wife and stuff like that, right? Um, but he's also struggling relationally with um, Grace Kelly because she wants to get married, he doesn't want to get married because he believes that they're from two different worlds, yeah. right? So we have Jimmy Stewart looking into somebody else's world, which is his apartment, him viewing mm-hmm. other people's worlds, like and and there are different stories that are going on in these different apartments. So there's Miss Lonely Heart, right? Which is somebody who's really lonely, who wants to find love and stuff like that. And um, her story is being played out, which is kind of like, could be kind of like a reflection. Um, I'm not making a hard and fast connection between um, Miss Lonely Heart and Grace Kelly, but like there is this idea of somebody who's looking for love there. There's, there's a a picture of a newlywed couple who have come fully come together and, that reflects the problem that Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart are having because Grace Kelly wants to get married. He doesn't want to marry her and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, you see an old married couple that they're living a life together on a terrace up above and stuff like that. Them sleeping in the same bed, having to do things together. Right. And then you see across the way the impetus for a murder mm-hmm. happening that Jimmy Stewart needs to kind of prove is kind of marital strife. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's just this really interesting um like these little vignettes. That's the thing that's so amazing about it is that there's this one central story. Jimmy Stewart needs to prove that his neighbor that he spied on, who he shouldn't have spied on, committed a murder. But there's all these little stories in these apartments that are going on as well too that inform this uh, this story as well too. So I find it just, it's really well done, really well shot. Just it being contained in one location Um is really really hard to do to keep that interesting and it shows how strong the script is and how strong even the character actors the auxiliary characters are in this film as well too because there's a psw a personal service worker that takes care of him while his foot's in the cast there's a police commission like um, a police detective who's his friend who helps investigate as well too that is uh, both of them are, are fantastic you know and it has such a really great conclusion that it sticks with this conceit that Jimmy Stewart is looking into other people's windows and other people's worlds and stuff like that from his own, you know, and trying to figure out, you know, um, what's going what's going on there. When was the first time you saw the movie? Mm. It was in college, actually. Okay. So. The first time it, it was in, in college. Um, I think before then, a lot, I did like watching older movies, but it was always like on Turner Classic Movie. I'd, I'd yeah. watch them and stuff like that. And yeah. um, I hadn't gotten around to watching Rear Window. I'm pretty sure I saw Birds before I went to college. And because um, I think that was a little bit more famous, just in general. Yeah. And. Um, Not Psycho? I, I don't think I'd seen Psycho at oh. that point. But oh. I think college was like that time 
you know, when I just started watching just a lot of films and I found I just gravitated towards um, older movies because the storytelling is a lot clearer. Yes. The themes are a lot. Uh, and, and it's interesting because people think like, oh, older movies are just cheesy and, and stuff like that. But if you find the right ones, they tackle actually really good themes. It's just the censures at the time and even just even the acting at the time is more stage acting pretty much, right? So it's acting to, for the back of the, the theater versus like more subtle acting that we're used to now. But uh, but just in general, just the writing is a lot stronger. And usually even when I write things, I think about older movies, mm. you know, in terms of I think now people aim for more like authenticity and making things feel natural, which is which is fine that they, they want to, don't want to show any form. But I do think that the structured storytelling of, you know, maybe the 1960s and, and stuff like that um, and even earlier, you know, it lends to. Um, making clear points for people watching like said films and stuff like that right Casablanca you know um, it's about like a man like should you should he um, risk his own safety to get involved in a conflict for the common good right and you follow that journey of 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 Rick Humphrey Bogart's character if I hopefully I got that right of of Humphrey Bogart's character from somebody who does not want to be involved to somebody who gets involved mm. right and then with Jimmy Stewart I'm not exactly sure like how to think through um like I, I'm just like hovering around like I kind of get the point of it and I'm hovering around the point of it but just even of, of rear window of rear window mm. basically um but we know his journey is that you know relate like there's a personal emotional journey is that grace kelly and his character they actually come close together they realize that they're in in the same world yeah right and they get together emotionally that way plot wise it's more so about him um unearthing the truth from somebody else's uh like world you know and that being being brought close together Mm. and stuff like that but i just know yeah that that whole theme of 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 people's kind of obsession of wanting to know what other people are doing that 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 innate sense that we all have of i don't know if it's just even evaluating ourselves by that you know like we know what other people are doing so we know more about ourselves but that theme is kind of explored within this film and i just find it's done in such an interesting way and such a smart way of showing multiple stories going on with a larger story that's going on between jimmy stewart and the murder and Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly, you know, and I just found it is just really, really great. A just great in dynamic. general, yeah, just a great dynamic. Just yeah. it's just well, it's just well written, super engaging, you know. And um, I remember watching it that I did enjoy it. I watched it a few times, but again, it was a while ago since I've watched it last. And yeah, everything from the performances because the performances from that era are very charismatic, very on point, very yeah, um, clear, very yes. concise movements and such. It, it's very. Uh, uh, it's not static at all. Right, it's right. Very, very lively right. Uh, performances. And so, uh, you know, watching it, I remember seeing the different relationships and see how they kind of bounce off of each other. And just thinking to myself that, you know, each relationship, each person in that building, that complex, have a story. And they have an opinion. Yes. They have an, an, uh, an opinion on the theme or the, right. or the subject matter, right? At right. Least on what relationships are to some degree. Yeah, like how do we relate to one another? Because that's, yeah. the, I think, what kind of the whole thing with like Voyager kind of gets at, you know? Mm. Um, it's just, uh, um, but yeah, but just kind of wanting to see, you know? And um, yeah, so I, I don't know. That's, um, 
yeah, something like wanting to see something private and that idea of of intimacy and stuff like that as well too. That those themes are being kind of explored, right? Mm-hmm. So um yeah, just knowing yeah, something along those lines. So mm-hmm. uh oh yeah, oh actually and what um why would I recommend this mm-hmm. film? I'll just say that um I'd recommend this because uh just in general it's just very sophisticated storytelling in general like if you want to watch so, like a film that's i think just really good a, a really good example of telling uh stories um with with a depth of thought something that you may need to examine yourself and stuff like that then yeah then yeah i think this is this is the film kind of to to watch the acting's really good um the film work is is really good yeah it it is a bit dated so it's it moves a little bit slower but um i think it's just a clever movie just in general just the conceit of it yeah because you don't see a lot of it like it'd be like a a contemporary example would be phone booth basically with with uh with colin farrell you know like he's in a phone booth and most of it's shot like done within a phone booth and stuff like that it's like a conceit in terms of, of of location and and a character having to interact and be stuck in within one location, but done really really well. Yeah, and I think you have a few examples of those. I think Two Angry Men is good. I think Castaway yes, is good. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, and I actually like those movies where the everything kind of contained in one location, maybe right. Two locations, and it shows a world. And that's the thing with that's within, the th- yeah within one setting, it's showing this world as well too. Because you know, yeah what's happening within the apartment he's in his sitting area but then oh there's a kitchen area as well too and also what is he putting in this area and what does that say about him or just how different worldviews are reflected so even in rear window you see uh, worldviews or views on relationships and even 12 angry men same thing right it's all in 12 angry men it's all done through dialogue so what's one of the things that appeals to me about 12 uh sorry about rear window is that it is self-contained that it is in right. one location right and you know, like, like i said earlier the cut the um the performances between the actor and actresses as well is very good as well but yeah. i remember thinking through the theme of it as well and thinking that you know it's, it's interesting how in terms of storytelling that as you mentioned earlier you have different characters reflecting on this the theme or the idea right. placed within uh, the center of the story right which i don't know if you see that as often or as clearly in many of the modern movies we've seen maybe maybe i maybe i just haven't seen it right. as often because the movie choices i make right. but even casually you think you would stumble on it more often than not in modern um in modern movies right right, right, so, right. but yeah i, I like hitchcock's take on on his his um sorry his filmmaking ability his eye yeah um and i know the reference to m night is often made because m night is a big fan of hitchcock right and so even in um uh one with bruce willis right unbreakable unbreakable yeah there's a scene on the train that is very similar to hitchcock in my opinion yeah very very similar hitchcockian hitchcockian yeah yeah even the fact that he puts himself in the movie i mean Quentin Tarantino does the same thing too. Yeah. But when M. Night does it, it's a little more subtle. Yeah. A little bit more in the background, a little bit more of a shadow. Right. But, yeah. and, and I think it's and another reason why I would recommend it as well too. It's just in terms of even our audience, if if you're maybe like you're not necessarily a cinephile or you're not necessarily somebody who's like super into movies, um, definitely watching something from Hitchcock, you will see who has inspired a lot of people 
with the modern movies that we actually watch. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that's something that can add to your movie watching experience as well too, knowing who influences the people that you may like as well too. True. Right? So, um, so yeah, that's why I'd also recommend it just as a historical thing, like just to watch a good film from a good director that other other directors would say no he's this guy's a great director because hitchcock directed from you know silent era to basically you know color movies basically so i remember have i have this box that where he started black and white silent movies yeah and he's been directing some even remaking some of his own movies no you know um and getting all the way to color talking movies now like well not now but then but then (laughs) like in the 60s and stuff like that that's a large portion of film history that he's directed in true and stuff and a lot of change that he's directed in as well too so a lot of people do tout him as as one of the you know greatest directors yeah and uh yeah, I, and I think people should watch. And I think it, he's super accessible because usually people are like, oh, this guy's a great director and this old kind of weird stuff. You know, it's like weird, you know, postmoderny, you know, type of stuff. But he's a very accessible um, director who wants to surprise and wants to thrill yeah. and wants to engage your emotions, your feelings, your 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 sensibilities and stuff like that. Um, and just watching this film you you'll definitely i think experience that so i highly recommend watch rear window awesome yeah and then your movie what's your well here's the thing my movie is actually part of a collective of movies uh so off the back it's called the green pastures okay and so i'm not gonna say it's the most influential um mm-hmm. but definitely holds a high place it's very memorable to me it, it fits into a category of other movies ten commandments a christmas carol a sound of music wizard of oz billy hills cop E.T. and A Charlie Brown Christmas. Together, the, these, these I don't know, half dozen movies all bring me back to family. Right. Um, the, the stories aren't about family, but I've had very positive influences uh, or very positive memories in seeing these movies on one level or another with my family. So, for example, A Wizard of Oz. I've seen it numerous times when I was a kid. Numerous times to the point that I broke the cassette tape, the VHS yeah. tape. I used to reenact the movie with my brother. Right. Dress up and reenact the whole movie with new lines verbatim. Right. And so when I think of Wizard of Oz, yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, it's fun, actually, yeah. But it reminds me also of those times with my brother when we were kids. Right. Who were you? Were you the lion? I was the Tidman? scarecrow because I was nice. very skinny back then. I think he was a lion once. Yeah. And I think we just dealt with those two. I don't think we did Tin Man or Dark. Okay, yeah. Forget Tin Man. <laughs> yeah. The man can't move, man. Need some true. oil. Just stood there. You know, a guy can rust out. Another example is uh, A Beverly Hills Cop. I remember watching it. I, I think I watched it with my father when I was a kid. I think I did. Or I got a hand on his on his cassette tape and ended up watching it when he wasn't around. But right. either way, I remember being introduced to Brivy Hills Cop and Eddie Murphy through my father when I was a kid. Right. So this is kind of examples of just, you know, bringing me back to memory. Ten Commandments, I watch it every year with my family. So right. uh, The Green Pastures isn't right. the first, it's not the earliest movie I've watched. E.T. is actually the first movie I saw that I can remember watching in theaters. Right. Um, yeah, it's the first movie I watched in theater, but Green Pasture is, I think, it's one of the earliest movies I remember watching with my family. I don't know how many decades ago. It was made in 1936 and it's based off of a book um, called a novel, a 1928 novel called Man Adam and His Chillin Children. Okay, yes, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I actually do for the listeners. Yeah, for yeah. the listeners, you know, yeah. children. Um, so, like I said, it's a black and white movie, 1936. It's one of, at that time, it was one of six 
um, all uh, one of six movies that uh, had an all black cast. Oh, so it's all black. The issue with the movie is that there's a lot of negative black stereotypes in it. Okay, okay. But regardless of that, I still enjoy the movie. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's dated for its um, tone. For instance, the how people talk in the movie is very uh, stereotypical black. Yeah. So for instance, instead of saying Be children, old timey, old timey black. Yes. Like, so like instead of uh, saying children, saying children. Instead of saying the Lord, it's the Lord. Yeah. Um, so a lot of different type of characterizations like that. Even how they perform and act in certain scenes is, is kind of weird. And pretty much what it is is that it's a retelling of the Old Testament narrative right. through um, the African-American kind of folk way and filtered through the imagination of a child. So the setting sets up with all these kids going to Sunday school and they're hearing the story of the Old Testament. They're asking questions about it. And then you have one kid kind of lead back and start envisioning in her mind um, what the Old Testament would look like, I guess, you know, in modern day through her imagination. Right. Right. So needless to say, it's not an accurate retelling of the Old Testament narratives, like at all. Right, right, right. An example, Moses, um, in the Bible, when he gets older, he doesn't lose any strength, I believe the Bible says, right? He's right. still good and able bodied. Yeah, right. In the movie, he's blind, he's in yeah. a wheelchair, he's he's you know, yeah. he's feeble uh, in the movie. So, again, it's going through the lens of a child who's re-envisioning the Old Testament in her modern era, in the modern day. Right. Um, it features a lot of good acting, a lot of good performances. Uh, one particular actor, Rex Ingram, I think played about four roles in the movie. He played God or the Lord. Right. He played Adam. He played, uh, I think, uh, a prophet. And he played someone else. And I think there's a scene with... He's in a he's in one scene playing two roles as well. Oh really? Yeah, he's playing God and he's playing Adam and he's talking to himself. Pretty oh much. wow! So it's it's good in those ways. It's very interesting in seeing how one how certain group of people may have seen how another group spoke and interacted with one another. Right. Um, but I, I wonder what the market was for this movie. Like, did that movie do like that movie did incredibly well? Wow. According to Wikipedia, and I think another source as well, um, it sold 6,000 uh, tickets per hour at one point. Per, per hour? Yeah, I don't know how accurate that is. Oh. But but another source pretty much said it was super popular. Wow. It, 1936, man. It was super popular. 1936. Now, wow. and there's also a play based off of it as well, based off the novel. Um, it didn't do too well because by that time in the 1950s, people weren't having it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, of course. Right, right, um, right. But, um, but yeah, it, the, it's it's... I don't think it's a long movie. I think it's about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Yeah. And it goes through the creation of the world to um, the appearance of Adam to some uh, to uh, the uh, the firstborn in Egypt dying. It right. deals with Moses. It deals with uh, even it ends with Christ dying on the cross. What really? You don't see him, but most of the movie takes place in heaven. Right. So the oh yeah really yeah yeah it's one of those movies like okay so so it's in heaven people in heaven so okay it starts off with um I guess a barbecue or a festival going on in heaven and the angels hanging out they're having conversations and it's very it's it's very earthly conversation it's right not right very celestial like it's like right. oh we're hanging out you know this this mama angel ta- is spanking her baby angel right another, right right another baby angel is choking on a on a fish bone and right right and right. having conversations about this person's mother and 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 how she's doing oh she's doing good yeah One person's complaining about the wings or getting new wings or whatever and they're hanging out smoking cigars um and then uh gabriel comes out and he stops it and says make way 
right. make way for the Lord God Jehovah. And yeah. everyone starts fixing up their bow ties and stuff. Yeah. And make the make way and, and God comes in and, and uh he says, Yo, let let the fish fire proceed. And everyone goes back to enjoying okay. themselves and stuff. And he's talking to a few different people and 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 it's so it's so it gets to a point that they ran out of I guess moisture or something for something that they they were making. Right. So God made a whole bunch, like a whole mess of it, is his words. Yeah. To the point that it was too much. Right. So he created the world as a place to send that moisture. Oh. Yeah. So that as okay. I said, right, right, it's right. not biblically accurate. Yeah, of course. Like if, if you if you come to this movie looking for a great uh retelling of biblical narrative, forget about it. Yeah, don't look at forget don't look for it. theology in movies. No, no. Look 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 towards your theological books, your your Bible and such. So yeah. um so yeah, so this based off of that you can tell the direction the movie is going in. It's very imaginative. It's very interesting. And I, again, if you take it from the perspective that it's a child who's thinking about these things, right. it's a child trying to re-envision it, and she's using um, the the material at her hands. So all she knows is her world at, what, 5, 12 years old. Right. Right. And so, and she's being told this, this, this story from the Bible, so she's trying to envision it in her mind, and it looks similar to her own world. Right. Um, or, you know, and she's following the logic according that she knows. Right. Okay. So you can't expect uh, that. Maybe I'm making excuses for the movie. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But, but so um, what do you, what do you like about it? Um, I just like it. I don't. There's no specific thing I like about it. More just than like the, the acting other. and stuff like that. It, the like, acting's on point. The act, well, can I say the acting's on point? No. Well, like, but the acting is what it is. Yeah. Like, everything is what it is. It's, it's the thing about this movie is that it's of its time. Right. Is it's, it is it lighthearted? Lesson. It's like um, lighthearted. Yeah, it's it's. it's is it like a comedy? It's. You laugh at it, but it's not a comedy. Because uh, some there's things in it, but the nature of the movie, some parts of it is funny. Right. Like this how Gabriel goes on, how thing, especially if you know anything about the Bible, how things turn out. Um, yeah. So there's certain things that are, are funny, but I won't call it lighthearted. But it's not dour either. Right. It's, it's in between. Um. But like I was saying earlier, it's it's a history lesson. Right. Because it's a movie very much of its time. It's oh, this is how they see black people. Oh, this is. You know what stereotypes were existing around, around that time. Right, right, right. Um, it, I, <laughs> you know, and unfortunately, I haven't done more research, Nick. I'm, I'll be curious to know why it was written the way it was. Right. I heard, and I can't verify this just yet, but I heard is that when the person wrote the movie or at least wrote the book, he, he or wrote the script, they thought that's how black people sounded. Right. So if you ever get a chance to hear a clip of it and see how they speak. That's the imagination of individuals and how they view how black people speak at that time. Right. right. And these are talented actors. I think some of them, uh, Rex Ingram is, I think, well-known. A few others are, are pretty well-known in the movie. Um, one standout thing is the music of the film. And the film, the music is amazing. Okay, like The good. score of the film, the the choir singing, which is usually the choir of the angels, singing some decent um, Negro spirituals. And I can't even find the soundtrack online anywhere. Right. Like, from the actual movie, I can I know the songs. I can find the songs. Yeah, but I want the way that they sing it. Right from the movie. Right. Unfortunately, I can't find that. But yeah, so I recommend the movie in terms of just it being a history lesson. In terms of being interesting. Right. Um. If you are easily offended, don't bother with it. Right. 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 Like I said, there's a lot of negative stereotypes in it. Trigger warning. Yeah. Trigger warning. <laughs> but if you take it for what it is, then it's an it's it's an interesting movie. I enjoy it. Despite its numerous flaws and how it deals with scripture and even how it deals with black people, I, I I grew up watching it. Right. I grew up watching it. We had it on VHS until we lost the VHS or I think I taped over or something. I can't remember what happened. 
and it wasn't until a few years ago I was able to purchase again online. Um, and every so often we put it in and we watch it because we we, we get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. We literally do. Um, and like I said, it's it's built into the DNA of, of this a family movie. I right. remember being young, sitting down in the living room with my mother, my sister, and I think my grandmother watching the movie when I was a child. Right. And so it's a part of those group of movies that stand out to me personally for that reason. I have, I have a set of movies that affect me because of that, because it's very nostalgic in terms of family. And another set of movies that are just are a little bit different from that that just impact me for different different reasons. But yeah, this right. is part of this bring me back to family and such. So Okay. So um let's let's turn over to we talked about movies, we talked about Rear Window, watch it, great movie. And uh Green Pastures, watch Green Pastures, it for a history lesson. Watch it for a history lesson. Um turning now to what T V shows have influenced us. Because I found like growing up I was more of a TV head more than anything else. I watched a ton of T V. Yeah, because we have that's the main Easy, access of easiest things, access to us when you're kids and stuff like that. Yeah. So any most of the movies, with ET being the exception, right? Most of the movies I've seen is on television. Yeah. Most of t- obviously all the TV shows I saw was on TV. Right. Right. Um, right. But yeah. So like again, like the usual suspects, you have all those cartoons. I think most people grew up with from Strawberry Shortcake to Gemini Holograms or whatever else. Right. Um. There's a, I have a handful of shows that stand out to me personally in terms of cartoons or even TV shows. So but um, what's the one? What's the one that you? Well, could... that's, that's what I'm getting to. Uh, is Bob Ross's uh the joy of painting, uh, which Phil disagree with me. I disagree with you. Well, I will tell you why. I I, I, don't, is, I, I disagree with this you. This is the standout one because I, I, I'm, amongst all the cartoons I watched and even the, the ones that you always watched, talk with me about that you yeah, bring up on the constant the constant conversations about. Well, Bob Ross is that quiet storm. No, no, that, that's that's the this is the first time I heard about Bob Ross. I actually ha- no, it's not the first time. Exactly. But I've heard watched, a lot more about other things. I was watching Bob Ross on Netflix the other day. Okay, that's how I roll. But, but when do you, I was but do you have a lad. collection of of DVDs for for GI Joe? No, I don't actually. Do you have the movie for G.I. Joe? I do have that, yes. Yeah, because, you know, and I, the I think movie I got it for, for you. Transform- <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for that. <laughs> and I have the Transformer movie as well. I even have She-Ra and He-Man movie, Christmas special yeah. as well. Yeah, all right. Well, um, let's talk, talk, about, talk about Bob Ross. Why Why is this well, show memorable for you? Well, I grew up watching Bob Ross. Early morning, Mississauga, uh, that's in Canada. As a child. Oh, We the North. We the North. Shout out to the Raptors. Shout out to the Raptors. Uh, Raptors rule the world. Um, they won the uh, NBA championship. Good job, Raptors. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so growing up in Mississauga, in the house, I was a kid, woke up early Saturday mornings and went into whatever room I had the TV, sat down and uh, watched Bob Ross painting, uh, The Joy of Painting. Right. And I watched it by myself. I think also in, in when I moved to Brampton as well. Watched it by myself in the basement or in whatever room it was and uh, it was a 30 minutes on PBS just enjoying some peace and quiet watching this man taking uh, lots of color and creating sunsets mountain uh, edges oceans and whatever else he was making at the time and happy little trees happy little trees he was a great artist I think that's one of the few things that's one of the things that got me interested in just even observing art at one point I was pursuing art as a I don't say a career. Well, maybe a career, but as just an interest to pursue. Oh snap! Um, but yeah, it was definitely one of those shows that I just. It was. It's a passive show. It's like soft jazz in the background, and I think it 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 stands out to me because it was just a peaceful, quiet time. 
It was just a time by myself. I'm not saying I was sitting there having deep thoughts about anything, but I was simply enjoying uh, what I was seeing. And I think later on, I think for me, a lot of shows that have an impact on me or influence on me, the influence and impact is realized decades later. Yeah. Not realized at that time, especially if you're five or seven or eight years old or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think like with even like, like with Bob Ross, like to your point, like, you know, on YouTube now they have like videos of people, you know, um, drawing art and, and doing art and stuff. Like that. And there's something that's, that's really engaging about seeing somebody create something. So I can see, I can understand that. It's, it's also the atmosphere too. And, and the black so, studio. No, the atmosphere of where I was oh. myself. Oh, okay, okay. And so decades later, it's a very solitary thing. Uh, I read comic books. Well, I guess most people read by themselves only, but even when I read comic books now, you know, I sit there, I do the art, of course, and I read everything, but I realize that it's something that it brings a little bit of peace. Right. I'm kind of relaxed doing it most yeah, times. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's a connection there, but as I was saying, a lot of shows that I think, from, I'll speak for myself, I see the realization, the connection to me, or the influence and impact it had on me years later. So I can I can say that about even reading Hamlet or uh, getting into Edgar Allan Poe and seeing, okay, yeah, this is why I'm kind of like this. I'm just oh, okay. I see the connection here, but it takes a while of this years going by, you maturing to yourself and taking some time to reflect on certain things. So yeah, Bob Ross is my pick. It's not what people expect, but it I is. don't expect. I didn't expect it. Well, you, yeah, the other. So shows, why would you recommend it? Because it's on. It's, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, it's on right? Netflix, yeah. Um. So let me say this. Amongst the 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 shows that I do watch regularly, I have watched regularly rather, and I even do go back to. I go back and watch Judge Joe from time to time. Right. Um. Because I think it's well written. I yeah. go back and watch Transformers. Because I think it's well written. Right. Like, for a children's show, it's it's kind of mature. It's yeah. kind of. It's not. It's not like. Scooby-Doo. Right. You know what I'm saying? But some Scooby-Doo episodes have some good episodes. Yeah, but it's mostly it's comedy, though. Okay. The Jetsons yeah. comedy. The Flintstones are comedy. Transformers and, and Judge are comedy. Hold on. The Flintstones is a real show, though. It's, it's a the, real show. No, no. Show. Flintstones is well-written. Actually, no, I'm not saying not real-written. No, I mean, I'm like, in terms of, like, themes and stuff. It does do... I'm not saying there's no themes or anything. I'm saying it's mostly a comedy. Yeah. You well, know, it's, 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 it's beyond It's, it's made for Jetsons. laughs, but it's mature. You know, I'll give you that. Yes. yes. It's beyond Jetsons. It's a better show than Jetsons, to be honest with you. I don't yeah. like Jetsons. Um, but uh, Transformers, some example of Transformers and G.I. Joe have more seriousness to it. There's some dark episodes in those shows. Yeah. It deals with death. Right. It deals with life. It deals with danger. It deals with a lot of different things. Even the the movies, um, because they have more liberty, it deals with some things as well. But um, amongst all those different shows, Bob Ross is one of the earliest things I sat down by myself and watched. And it wasn't necessarily about whether it was fun or not. It was just enjoying the creation of something, seeing something being created before me okay. at a time uh, of the day. And then I guess in my mindset, it's kind of in a solitary environment. So right. Bob Ross is out there for those who just appreciate quietness and appreciate seeing things created from scratch. Nothing into something, ex nihilo, from nothing something in a yeah. sense. Uh, except he used paint yeah <laughs> right um uh but yeah you get a glimpse into that you basically. get a glimpse into that yeah right 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 all right it's yours all right cool my show is actually i talked about before i think i talked about before i'm heavily influenced by by anime and stuff like that so my show that influenced me a lot or is the most memorable i just say by far probably my favorite is a show called cowboy bebop um I think if anybody who likes anime, that is probably like the show par excellence to kind of to talk about and stuff like that. Um, why is it memorable? Have you've watched the series? Yeah, I watched it. I think at least twice. Yeah. 
yeah, I watch the series, own the series, watch the movie. That's another kind of something I came across in high school. I watched it. I think it's in high I school. I have it actually. Yeah, it's in high the school movie. before before college. Um but what yeah. It, what is it about? Oh, it's about uh, a group of misfits and bounty hunters that are trying to survive in a group and and I think a lot of them dealing with their with past failures basically if that's one of the one of the themes dealing with a uh, traumatic past and figuring out what it is to live and to move forward into the future mm-hmm. basically um there, there you can look on YouTube there's probably video essays about the show and just um some of the more uh, morose aspects of it like really um kind of considering what what living what living is basically that i think that's a main question that <clears throat> that spike is trying to trying to figure out like is he really is he really alive basically he they're all in actually a better way to put it is that they're bounty hunters that are all in limbo mm. in some way shape or form they're all in limbo and they're trying to figure out what it is to kind of live and, and maybe i'm maybe reading a little bit too much into it but that's what it seemed like to me in terms of theme wise and stuff like that um would you recommend it oh yeah 100 percent would recommend it to to everybody anybody to watch i think even if you don't like watching cartoons or anything like that i think that is a perfect show to get uh, somebody into watching um cartoons and stuff like that mm. because it has such a live action feel to it like now like with modern special effects and stuff like that everything that's done within that show can be done in live action mm-hmm. basically but just the artistry of it just the the look the design just the style it's basically uh, about space cowboys basically and it's infused with a lot of jazz and big band and stuff like that just the music soundtrack alone um makes this show worth kind of watching there's just such a, a strong sense of style mm-hmm. that's just very it just captures you captivates you you know you want to see what happens to them in these sort of slice of life adventures that they kind of always uh go through so why is it influential to me it's just in terms of it just being art in and of itself like the fullest expression of like a cohesive vision and world that's that's why it's the most memorable show uh to me like and i think in anime they do do a really good job of world building but this show in and of itself you really get a really great sense of kind of not a post-apocalyptic but kind of a a desperate space time a space uh 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 like deserty type uh towns and, and and ports and stuff like that you really get a good sense of atmosphere and world with with this show so that's just very capturing you want to like for me i always wanted to see more what was going to happen within this world um uh what what i like about it <laughs> i like spike i like the main character spike spiegel you know i like uh jet black faye valentine and and ed uh they're just all such different characters and it's interesting to see them interact with each other to come together for like a common goal. They be, kind of make a kind of like a made family, and that's what their bounty hunting kind of involves. And a lot of it always kind of revolves around their past and what has happened in their past and why they're there now and having to resolve whatever aspect that's tied to their to their past and stuff like that. So the 
the animation is really cool. The designs are really cool. The fighting is really cool because Spike is, he's an avid fan of Bruce Lee. So there's a lot of good and really cool fights in it. Um, if you like Westerns, this is uh, kind of have has that Western vibe as well too. And uh, what else? It's just the style of it. Like that's one of the, probably one of the first shows I've watched that it has just such a complete sense of style that you just wanted to see more right so um what else can i really say about it it's about uh 21 episodes if i remember correctly yeah, i don't yeah. around, around it's around two dozen plus a movie yeah it's and they're working on a live action series now for, for netflix. netflix yeah so we did talk about that in previous episodes so i'm kind of looking forward to to see how that comes out i think it'd be interesting to see i think i don't know if it's this year or next year's coming out yeah but, but um, i just know the fighting has to be on point because well, that's the, that's the thing with Spike. Spike is like he's, yo, know, he's basically like Bruce Lee. I'm more curious to see he, uh, how Ed looks. Ed? Yeah, he's just a kid with orange hair. Yeah, but I like Ed a lot. Okay, I think Ed is is a it's very cool, unique character in this series. Right, and I'm curious to see how they cast it. And yeah, yeah, get yeah, to play the role and how uh, she does and performing. It, it, it could turn out pretty weird. I think they should. I think they should actually. This may sound weird, but they should probably change Ed a little bit. To not make her as zany, they probably will. But because because if you watch like say like um like Eastern cinema like or Japanese studios when they remake animes and stuff like that and they try to stick so closely to to like the source material, it just makes everything look goofy. I'd rather them do a dark and gritty take on it with consultation from the actual creator. So say like a Marvel Netflix show, but you make it like Cowboy Bebop. I'd rather them do that versus try to do like a one-to-one comparison between the source material and and a live action adaptation because i've seen them do it for full metal alchemist it looks just super weird they did for attack on titan looks super weird um but yeah but back to why i i like it um each episode is a self-contained story except for a couple two-parter episodes and um i like um film noir movies and this is like a film noir anime and that is really cool to kind of watch so there's always like the themes of like duplicity and and all that stuff there's those themes are kind of mixed in there man versus city you kind of get inklings of of that in there it's just the mood i like um even though yeah maybe a kind of a happy-go-lucky guy i do like uh moody sort of like pieces and, and movies and, and shows and stuff like that okay. um, because it's trying to get across some sense of, of emotion or, or pathos, you know, in, in the storytelling and stuff like that. So I've had a lot of great moments. Like I used to listen to soundtrack on repeat. I used to just watch episodes over and over again because there's such great uh, moments within it, you know. There's gangster stuff in it. There's, you know fun characters, you know, cool ships, you know, like everything you could kind of ask for in a in a cool kind of space show, but it, it it really blends these different things really well. Jazz, film noir, space, you know, if you like Firefly, you know, the show Firefly, which is like a space western, you'll kind of will kind of like Cowboy Bebop as well too. It's like a space western um film noir type of show and it merges all those things together really well i would i recommend it why would i recommend it it's just it's just a great show no i've i, I think i enjoyed just, it yeah. uh, i think i think we have a a good four 
interesting and completely different recommendations in terms of uh today's episode we have uh rear window and cowboy bebop completely different um bob ross is the joy of painting and um the green pastures none of these are similar uh yeah. in terms of format and what they introduce but all interesting all i'm gonna say highly recommended yeah highly uh, recommended for different reasons like you said uh rear window for its self-contained story the self-contained story just examination mas- relationship yeah masterful ma- storytelling masterful storytelling by a masterful storyteller yeah Scott, wonderfully performed um uh, the Green Pastures for a interesting look in the 1930s views of black people and black yeah, cinema. Right. Um, it is, It is again, it is known to be a very popular, very um, successful movie in a day mm-hmm. um, with good acting and, and uh, interesting performances and interesting storytelling. And just it's, it's, it's good in terms of how it's performed, how it's distributed, but in terms of content... It's questionable, right? Uh, very questionable, but still, I find it to be an enjoyable movie for me and my family personally, right? And then, of course, the TV shows, and we have Cowboy Bebop, which is a two, uh, two, sorry, what did I say, two dozen, two, episodes, two dozen episodes and a movie, and a movie, which, um, but looking mostly at the series, it's an interesting series, yeah. You, you have to find at least one episode that you'd enjoy, yeah, exactly. Out of the two dozen, and for me, Bob Ross, the pay of the joy of painting is mostly dealing with a man who paints by himself right who softly talks to you <laughs> as he explains what he's doing and asks you about your day at the same time yeah but it's, it's a very solitary very relaxing laid-back show while Cowboy Bebop is definitely more engaging yeah uh, I would think um more fun right more fun mine is more reflective yeah and uh, I, I think and, and even to your point about like Bob Ross like just seeing people create things it's it's engaging to watch like when I used to like draw at coffee shops and stuff like that, people would always kind of yeah. come by and see what you're kind of doing. And there, there's something very engaging about it, seeing that. It's it just real quickly before I wrap up, it speaks to life in terms of we see the end result of things, but we don't really see what goes into it. Right. You know, whether it's making a movie, making a dinner, making clothes, a relationship, we don't see the inner workings of, of uh, the DNA or the matrix that, that forms that builds or the work that goes into taking scraps of a thing and make it into a wonderful work of art, right. uh, a, a wonderful human being, or what have you. Yeah. And so Bob Ross kind of reminds me of that. It's mm. it's it's scraps to something beautiful. Um, and then even going back to Gabriel Bebop to kind of connect things, you see the work behind you. You see the end result of a good series. But we don't know the stuff that went into making a cowboy bebop. The imagination went into right. it, the discussions, yeah. the writing, the the different attempts of of what the characters may look like and yeah. how they would perform. Right, even the voice acting behind it. Right, right, right. Which I think at this point you could, you could probably say is uh, classical voice, like the the voices for Spike and for yeah. uh, Jeff Black and all these characters. Like yo, I recognize it instantly. Yeah, you know. So, um, so hopefully you guys will take this recommendation to heart. Check them out. Cowboy Bebop, you can see, I think you can find pretty easily online anywhere. Yeah, you can find it online anywhere, pretty um, much. Rare Window, you can probably get from the library. You yeah. can probably find it online somewhere as well. Um, Bob Ross is on Netflix. Green Patch is a little bit difficult to find. Yeah. Uh, but definitely check out YouTube to see clips of it at the very least. Right. See of it. This is get a sense of what I was talking about. Right, right. And if you're interested, definitely pursue it where you can find it. So, as we say at the beginning, this is our 50th episode. Yeah. 5-0. Um, and we're taking a break. Yeah, we're going on vacation. Yeah, well, maybe not vacation, yeah, but probably, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we won't be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for uh for a couple of months. 
Yeah, for two months. Yeah. yeah, for a couple of months, we we want to take some time out just to recalibrate, kind of think through some things, and yes, and probably yes, even uh, um, consider how we can get uh, this content out like in in different various ways. So yeah. um, we still appreciate all your your feedback and and those who have listened, all those who are in Algeria, our super fan Andre Andre M. We 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 giving you a shout out right now. Shout out to Kevin from TBS. What up, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you at? Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, all our fans, you know, the the all our fans from around the world. Yeah, uh, well, those from England, from England. Algeria, and we actually do have people in this country listening to us. Yes, because the the our website tells us that this is happening. So, yes. uh, all those listening to us here. Remember all the Canadians, we the North, uh, Algeria, Sweden, yep. uh, Spain, and the uh, less than one percent listening to us in Singapore. Nice. So, oh, we have somebody from Singapore. Yeah, yeah. We have one person, I one man's them. One, one man's in Singapore. Probably one man in Spain as well. Yeah, uh, maybe two in United Kingdom. Nice. Um, so yeah, shout out to you guys as well. Shout out to you guys. Leave comments and such. And again, our fifteenth episode has been great. We worked uh, pretty hard in trying to, you know put interesting conversations out there on, on movies that we liked sometimes didn't like yeah um, that we agree with sometimes didn't agree and um, hopefully we'll continue to do this it's for fun we're enjoying ourselves yeah yeah we're having uh, fun but if we can get paid for this too that'd be great yeah Amazing. well if if you guys uh, you can find us on all your podcast purveyors from iTunes Stitchers uh, Spotify and uh, uh, CastBox as well too on and Anchor as well too so and, and Podbean specifically as well too if you like what we're doing uh, please feel free to leave us a, a positive review on any one of our podcast purveyors and uh, that helps a lot and, and helps us uh, gives indication to people that uh, they may like it as well too so um, please uh, hit us up you can reach us on twitter at at after underscore watch and you can reach us uh, by email at the after watch at pm.me um what do you think about our recommendations? Have you checked out any of them? Um, or do you agree, disagree, or anything like that? Hit us up on them. We'd love to have a discussion with you. Until next time. All right. All right. We the North. Autobots, transform and roll out. <laughs>